0: You know, we are in a truly 2020. is an interesting year. We do not know what God, uh, I mean, what God has in store for us, but also do not know what the world has in store for us. But looks like Pastor Chu, you may have to start another service in SMCC. <laughs> that's the only news I want to give Pastor Chu. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to face realities, you know. Yeah, that's a hard part. But today, I want us to, you know, God has been truly gracious to us as a church And he has been speaking to us in so clearly. I mean, it's just amazing. Who can lead a church like this, right? I think God in his grace and mercy towards us has given us as pastors even what to say to the people at different stage of the church life and even this different stage of the congregation's life. So at the beginning of this year, at the end of last year, as we went to the mountain, the God gave this wonderful passage from Haggai from the book of Haggai. Haggai has only two chapters. Chapter one, chapter two, and only 38 verses. So you know what, brothers and sisters? You know what? You can boast this year you have read a book of God. You really can, and no one can floor you. In fact, you know the good news is that we'll be preaching on this book quite a bit in the next few weeks. So turn with me to the book of Haggai, and I'm going to read from chapter 1, in and we're going to read just 11 verses of it. I've chosen not to put the words on the screen because I believe you're such a good church. And honestly, the people here love to grow. Amen? So in this season of growth and to our next level of being a disciple of Jesus, even as today, this year's theme is about following Jesus. You know, you may say, last year I did it, this year I want to do it some more. So the some more is you will not want to You just read off my screen. You want to read off your own Bibles. And if someone does not have a Bible, maybe share your Bible with that person. Just uh, last week, I had a very good testimony of someone who shared the Bible uh, a few years ago with someone, and because of that, that newcomer stayed in the church. Isn't that good news? Amen? So join me in reading in whatever version you have. Just speak it out, because in heaven, there will be all these languages, all right? Can even do it in Chinese or BM or Indian. So join me, Haggai chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 11. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai, to Jerubbabel, son of Sheltiel. Can everyone read? Amen. Governor of Judah, and to Yeshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Hear yourself read. These people say the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. But you see, it turned out to be little. You brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty because of my house, which remains a ruin, while you busy with his own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, and the earth its crops. I call for a drought on the fields, and the mountains, and on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and whatever the ground produces, on men and cattle, and on the labor of your hands. Father, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, and even as we have read it, may now the Word of God go inside us and build faith in Jesus' name. You know, I've chosen to entitle my sermon, uh, When God Speaks. And why I've chosen this title is because God God speaks all the time, amen? The good news is that God speaks actually much more to His children than any other person. In fact, when God speaks to the world, they may not hear, but when He speaks to His people, He is speaking from a heart of love. The second thing I think we need to know is that when God speaks, He speaks to correct. He speaks reality into our situation. He doesn't just butter us with good news, But he wants to address certain reality situations. So if you read from the book of Haggai, he starts off by giving them the reality of their situation. They had worked hard, but there was little results to show. They had planted much, but actually they had nothing, not enough. And even as they worked hard, and they kept saying, we are busy, we have no time, and even then God began to show that what little they had was actually lost. In fact, the work of their hands was insufficient or was not satisfying them. So what is God saying? God is saying, this is what is happening. Because if you don't pay attention to it, you will miss it. Now, how many of you were here last week when Pastor Chu launched the year? Praise the Lord. Do you remember his story of the Korean airline? It really spoke to me if I had to say to him, are you sure this story is real? He says, "Can hey, Google it and you'll find it, okay? And so, it is a very powerful story because God began to speak to me in this way. When God speaks, it is to avert disaster. He doesn't speak when disaster is present. He speaks to avert disaster. And so, in the Korean airline story, the pilot had did not realize that he had set his, I don't know what you call those things that pilots use. What is it? Or oh, whatever, lah, autopilot, what pilots, I don't know. Lah. I'll just I'll say the wrong thing. how. Huh? And he set it and he did not know at the beginning of his flight, he was only off course by 0.00001 degree. But as he flew and because he did not know before long, instead of going to I don't know where to where, or Seoul to don't know where, <laughs> he took off from, I think, New York, right, to go to Seoul, he ended up at Vladivostok, and he was shot down by the Russians because he had entered military airspace. This is why God speaks. really spoke to me. God doesn't want us To even go 0.001 off the mark. Unknown to us, you don't have to wait for disaster for us to know God has spoken. But God prefers to speak. In fact, the last one month of this year, working at Christmas, He began to speak very intensively into me. And actually, nothing is wrong with me. Do you know what? I mean, the church is great. We had a good year. But God began to see, I want you to take stock. 0.0001 off before long. You are going to face disaster. Wow! It was a wake-up call. The third reason why God began to speak or speaks is because He never speaks out of contact with real-world situations. So if you study the book of Haggai, in fact it's going to be a powerful season when we do Haggai, Ezra, Nehemiah and Zechariah. He's In the book of Haggai, if you look at it and go back and read the book of Haggai, you will see that the reign of King Darius is mentioned many times. In fact, not only is his reign mentioned, exactly what day and what month and what year of his reign God speaks. Why is God drawing attention to that? God never speaks in a vacuum. God speaks in the context of world history. And this is particularly important to us. In fact, I want to draw your attention to the actual situation of the people of Israel at that time. What had the back story of this is that Cyrus, after 70 years of captivity, Cyrus had issued a decree and the children of Israel came back. In fact, Cyrus asked them to go back and build the temple. But even as they built the temple, opposition came and the whole building of the temple stopped. And they began to build... They began to be busy about their own lives. Since there's a royal decree, they cannot do anything. They just stopped building. Now, the context of this, therefore, is that it is actually a fairly good time. How do I know that? Because they were building paneled houses. How many of you have seen people with paneled houses? I've seen, I've seen. I don't have one, but I've seen. It's truly luxurious. In fact, if economy is not good, they could not have built panel houses and this is where i want to say this to you i bring this with deep respect for you but god is definitely speaking to me in the context of therefore god speaking to us as a congregation of god's people number one he loves us number two he's here to correct us and doesn't want us to miss that 0.001 of the mark number three is important It's in the context of world situations we in malaysia have experienced an open atmosphere. Remember that? May, when was it? Oh, I'm so lost. Never mind. We experienced an open heaven, right? You prayed hard and there was an open heaven. But in the midst of that, what has happened? Prayer meetings have gone down. And now something else is cropping up. So God is speaking in the context of world situations. Now, what is it that God spoke to the children of Israel? So this is it. What did God say? Two things. He gives a diagnosis. Give careful thought for your ways. Whenever God speaks, he diagnoses a situation. I want you to take stock. That is wonderful, it's wonderful. It's it's the grace of God, don't you think? That at the beginning of the year, God should say to you and to me, take stock of your life. Why? So that the end of the year, you won't say, Oh my gosh, what a terrible year. Amen? How many of you want the end of the year to be more victorious than the beginning of the year? I do. Amen? This is the direction. Isn't it the grace of God? If God spoke this to us right in the end of the year, yo, we made so many mistakes already. It's the beauty, the love of God, the, the, the heart of a father to early in the year begin to say to us, Give careful thought to your ways. And one of the major things God, you know, actually I sometimes find it very hard to preach because I'm crying so much down there. <laughs> My makeup is all gone. The point is this. As we sing this first song, is that break every chain. God is saying there's so much chains that will come to entangle us. And there will be many fears that will come in to frighten us. Even as I start speaking, I have a connect group where so many are changing jobs, laid off, oppression in their businesses, don't know what to do with it. And I felt the Lord say this. The reason why I'm telling to you, take stock of it, is because before you know it, when things are changing and you are so confused and you are despairing, do you know what? You can even go towards depression and suicide. In fact, Pastor Chu and I have a very good friend. We just heard, we just heard that this man is going towards suicide. And Pastor Chu said, "I need to go and see him. What happened? What happened?" So God gives not just the direct the diagnosis; He also gives the prescription. So look at the prescription. Look at the prescription. So he says to the children of Israel in verse 7, turn to your Bibles, give careful thought to your ways, and in verse 8, go up into the mountains, bring down timber, and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and be honored. And I turn to you uh, again in verse, I think it is in verse 10, it says, uh, why, what, Because of my house which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. So look at that. What God is saying is that even as I prepare you for the year, even as that I don't know what will happen, and you begin to realize, yes, you're working so hard. There's news of economy going, no, no, not know where it's going, all kinds of things happening in the world. What if Iran goes to war with America? Economy will be even more affected. In the context of that reality, God is saying the spiritual matters. Go up into the mountain is always a phrase about going up to seek the Lord. You may say to me I'm so busy. That's exactly what the people said. We are so busy. I have so much work to do. My business is I don't know where it's going. My uh, even my pastors are always so busy, you well, know. But God says one priority you cannot miss is to go up into the mountain, spend some time, bring down the timber and build my house. Now what is the house? What is the timber? Do you know something? How does the spiritual affect the physical? Very simple. When you go up into the mountain and when you begin to seek the Lord, the Lord begins to speak and some words will come into your heart. It's not just going to read the Bible and do Bible study. Eh? It's to read it to hear the voice of God and to respond to it. Because even as we do that, you will begin to realize God's begins beginning to, you know, this is what I begin to see. Why is it we must build the house of God? What is the house of God? The house of God is the temple of God. Everybody say, my body. Come on, do you have a body? All of you with body say, my body. One more time, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And my heart is the throne of Jesus. Do you have a heart? Say, my heart. It's the throne of Jesus. You know, this morning, as I was doing my personal time, the Lord told me why we need the Holy Spirit, why we need to blow uh, to to build the house. Do you know? As you can spend time with God, the Spirit of God comes into us, and it's so beautiful. Two things happen when the Spirit of God is inside this temple. Number one, there's an ever flowing stream. Fresh water, Jesus said, out of me will flow rivers of living water. If you drink from me, there will be an ever-flowing stream. In other words, there will be disaster all around you. There's even problems in the family. But you know what? You are not in despair. You won't give up. There will be life flowing through you. And because of that, you won't be like my friend, commit suicide. It is a reality, my friends. There's too much people suffering from depression. If fact, it's such a reality that God is saying to me, this is what the devil wants to see in the people of God. Because if you can make them depressed, that's it. That's it. Ever-flowing stream. The second thing, the Holy Spirit is the light. He's a light. He illuminates our darkness. We may think we are so grand, We may think we're doing fine. But out of that darkness, God's beginning to show, if you continue to sow discord, if you continue to grumble and constantly do this, there's darkness. Get out of it. Do you know the watch night service? How many of you were here? It was so powerful. Not here, I mean right. It was just so powerful. I don't know what we can do next year. Maybe have two watch night services. I don't know. I mean, there's only 1-12 midnight, right? You all give us impossible things to solve. <laughs> but praise God, you're such a wonderful people. Pastor Chu delivered one of the most amazing messages. In fact, I said, where on earth did you get it from? Raise up an Ebenezer wall. If you don't know what it is, go to the YouTube and find out. But in that whole section, God is so concerned that we do not have light. The Philistines are driving out, driving out light from us. And he wants to invade our light. And make us dark, empty, under bondage, scared of influenza, scared of economy, scared of the world. Fear fills our heart. But the Holy Spirit gives light and wisdom. And when we have, you know, when we build, spend time and begin to build the wisdom of God into us, this is what the Lord showed me. He said, listen, when Cain came before God, God said to him, be careful. Do not let sin reign. It will want to rule over you. My brothers and sisters, at the beginning of the year, as you take stock of your life, and as you're going to come in, as you're going to read your Bibles, as you're going to go to the mountain, as you're going to come into our moments of prayer, as you're going to come into the presence of God, let that be an ever-flowing stream. Let that begin to be light into our darkness. And let us begin to say, I want Jesus to reign in the throne of my heart. I don't want any sin to reign in the throne of my heart. And all of you who agree with me say, Why, only heard like this section. Do you want sin to rule over you? Do you know that if you don't have Jesus, sin will rule over you? If you don't have the wisdom of God, sin will rule over you? Come on, how many of you don't want to have sin rule over you? How many of us say, I want Jesus to rule over me? Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, you have heard our amen. May this year be the great amen amen. When only Jesus reigns. No sin will reign in my heart because I'm determined to hear the word of God. I'm determined to keep going to the house of God. I'm determined to get words from God. And I'm not going to rain, that sin rain over me. So Lord, every time I read the word, make sure I haven't gone off tangent 0.001 degree. That is what God is doing. Now, when God speaks and we only hear, it's a waste of time. There must be a response. The good news in the book of Haggai, that's why the book of Haggai is just such a powerful, such an encouraging passage. Because look at verse 12, look at verse 12. When uh, Why don't you read it off the screen? It's, it's in the screen. All right, join me in reading this. One, two, three, go. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shelteel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had seen him. And the people feared the Lord. And not only that, they began to work on the rebuilding of the house of God. Now, the, what we can learn is this. This year, it is useless to keep coming, listening, or even going to Bible studies, or even going to read the Bible, if we don't intend to respond. Because without a response, whatever you heard becomes nothing. In fact, you know, I was so, so sad when we were praying and the Lord began to say if you hear the word and do nothing about it it's fallen by the wayside the birds of the air come and take it away you know what's the birds of the air? Jesus said in Matthew 13 last year it is the devil he'll take it away even what you thought you had is taken away and if the word of God if you don't respond to it, it will, and it take it root in it when the sun rises up it'll be gone it's scorched and then you see God is not good why was that so? Because there's no response. And there are two responses that the children of Israel, that this group of people did. Incidentally, I want you to draw your attention. Throughout the book of Haggai and Zechariah, you will see God speaking to three groups of people. First, Zerubbabel. Why Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel was a workplace person. He was working out in the, in the real working world. We priests don't work in the real working world. They were working out in that stable in the the real workplace. He was the governor, he was, I I, I think he's just a workplace person. So God is saying to us, number one, I want you to workplace people. How many of you work out in the world out there? We work in the church, so we don't work in the world. Never mind. How many of you work in the world out there? Do you know what? God is also speaking to you. But he also spoke to the priests. So I want to say to us as priests, I want to say, Joshua was a priest. God is also saying to the priest, priest, I know you're very busy building this ministry, building that ministry, but you better go to the mountain and bring down timber to build this house and build your own house. Yeah, give God a clap. (laughs) Give God a clap. Just because we are priests doesn't mean we don't do it. And the good news is that when they saw Zerubbabel, the workplace governor, the leader in the workplace and also saw the priest do it, the people also obeyed and feared the Lord. Isn't that good? Amen? Do you know what? When you and I respond to the word of God, when you and I go to the mountain, even your workmates in the workplace will also rise up. The Christians around you that are falling apart and seek the Lord and fear the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? Very simple. The person speaking is not Haggai. It is God Himself. Last weekend, I love what Pastor Chu kept saying. He's only a postman. Today, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I'm only a postman. The person speaking to you is not me. It's God Himself. You choose whether you want to respond or not. If you don't care, you respond towards God. If you care, you respond towards God. Do you know something? The children of Israel, when they heard this, the reason why they began to have the fear of the Lord is that they had seen God speak many years before. In fact, Zerubbabel would have heard Jeremiah the prophet speaking to his grandfather, Jeconiah, if you do not come back to me, if you continue to live the way you do, I will destroy you and none of your descendants will ever be king again on the throne of David. And he saw it with his own eyes. He saw his uncle Zedekiah dragged to Babylon. His eyes gouged out. His sons all killed before him. That is why they knew that God is real. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. He knows the end from the beginning. It is God that is speaking. That is why we need to choose to respond or not to respond. The good news is they responded. I want to tell you this. I want to talk about obedience more than anything. I'm praying that my one, my brother Jeffrey, will really teach us about the fear of the Lord. I'm putting pressure on him. Obedience in this one chapter, you begin to see that obedience did three things for the people at that time. The first obedience is that they broke the power of the enemy. They broke the chains just as the song says, they broke the chains of the enemy. Secondly, they begin to see that whatever God had promised the children of Israel, that they would go back into their promised land, came true. And thirdly, wow, this is a mind-boggling one, they entered an eternal timeline. So I'm going to take us through one by one. First of all, breaking the chains of the enemy. I'll show you this diagram. In Ezra, you know, you get, begin to get a backstory of the whole of the book of Haggai. So, uh, friends, I want to encourage you to read the book of Ezra even before we preach it. But turn with me now to the book of Ezra, and I will give you the backstory, and then we will read some verses. In Ezra, we know that Cyrus allowed the people to come back. They start building the walls, but then opposition came. In chapter 4 of Ezra, opposition came, and under Azar Thuxis, Aztec says, began to give a new decree. It is a stop work order. And we all know, if the king gives a stop work order, there's really nothing you can do. But here is where, as the stop work order comes, so turn with me to Ezra. In fact, it's Ezra chapter 5. The last verse of Ezra chapter 4, turn to your friend and says, this year I'm going to read the Bible. So I purposely don't put anything on the screen. This year, I'm going to examine the Bible. Amen? And make sure she tells us the truth. So, (laughs) Ezra chapter 4, verse 28, Thus the work of the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Now, remember, God God sets thrones up. God knows the beginning from the end. The person speaking is God. So, in the context of that, While this talk book orders on, a new king has come onto the throne of Persia. And now, Haggai begins to speak because the people had stopped building the temple for 16 years. So Haggai comes onto the scene, chapter 5. Now, Haggai, let's read together, shall we? Now, Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the prophet, a descendant of Edo, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, which was over them. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Yeshua, son of Jehoshaphat. what did they do? Set to work to rebuild the house of God in Jerusalem. Now, listen to me. Was the edict or the decree of Asatakshi still in, 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 in action? Was it still there? Answer is, yes. In other words, they began to obey God first. Very often, we find, I want to tell you this, obedience is not easy. Now, I may not get to say this, so I'm going to say it now. That's why at the end of... As you read Haggai chapter two, uh, verse 12, verse 13, God begins to say, I will be with you when you obey. It's me that's going to work for you. And it's not, and he tells Zechariah, it's not by might nor by power. You can rebuild this city. You cannot rebuild this temple. There's a royal decree. So you are not doing this on your own. In fact, when God speaks, He is the one that's going with us to do it. Amen? That's the good news. Come on, is that the good news? Amen, when you and I obey, we are not alone. We are not alone. Do you know what? Even to obey, to spend time to seek God, you are not alone. Do you know it's not easy to carve out time to seek the Lord? I know, I know, it's not easy. My flesh comes against me. But do you know the Lord began, so there was a day we were fasting. And it was so hard to fast. Then I was drinking, when I'm doing water fast, I'm only drinking water. And God was so cute. He said, as you drink the water, he says, Holy Spirit, you're empowering me. Holy Spirit, you're empowering me. That is what really happened. And I could do that three days of water fast. It's not possible by might, not by human desire. It's by the Spirit. Now, so here is the rubber bell, and here is Yeshua. They begin to something of the fear of the Lord. Oh, gosh, gosh, God is speaking. We better obey God. Let us not be fearful. There are so many things that we are fearful of. We are fearful of Azatuxes and his decree. We are fearful of our our opponents. But one thing we must fear more than all these fears, the fear of the Lord. God has spoken and God is the ruler of the kings of the earth. If we don't obey, how? Then they began to build. As they began to build, now see what happens. Turn now. uh, Okay, even at that verse chapter 5 a governor called Tetanai comes along. Now, you read the rest. Tetanai actually tries to say, hey, you cannot start building the temple. There's a stop work order. But then the Jews began to have a very nice dialogue with him and says, you know what? He's a good he's a good man. He begins to say, let me send a letter back to the king and ask him to find out, actually, is there such a decree that Cyrus gave out? And do you know what? Now, this is it. When you and I obey, now God starts to work. And this King Darius when he reads the whole of the Cyrus decree, he comes out with a new decree that's even better than the Cyrus decree. Look at the new decree that he comes out with. Look at it. Turn with me, Ezra chapter 6. Turn to your friend and say, Wow, I'm going to read my Bible this year. Come on, turn to your friends and say that. Ezra chapter 6. Now look at this. Go back. You must get excited because God is so exciting. Look at verse, let me take you through verse 8. I hereby decree that you are to be you are to do for these elders of the Jews in the construction of the house of God. This is a new decree. And look at this decree. The expenses of these men are to be fully paid out of the royal treasury. Wow. The government of of, of Gaius is going to pay for the rebuilding. Everybody says, wow. And then not only that Whatever they need Isn't that amazing? And not only that See what he says You see Suddenly See what's happening Wisdom Wisdom Just because the people Go back and obey God Wisdom comes back To the ruler of the land He begins to say In verse uh, 9, 10 He says So that they may offer sacrifices pleasing to the God of heaven and pray for the well-being of the king and his sons. Brothers and sisters, do you not realize, Darius realized, if these people begin to offer sacrifice to the only high God, this God that they have heard about before, he will be blessed as a king. He will be blessed. Do you know something? I'm so excited. Do you know if we begin to obey God and start rebuilding these altars that are now a bit in ruins, and need some repairing, our church altars, our come back to the altars. Is it possible, as you and I begin to enthrone God, bring him before the Lord, we are filled with encouragement. We are filled with light as to what God is doing. Is it possible that the king Darius will begin to have wisdom to rule his country? In Malaysia. Do you not see it happening? I see it happening. Already we saw something happening. Come on, brothers and sisters, give praise to God. Obedience breaks the stronghold of the enemy. In fact, if you read it, the next verse, is even more powerful. And if anyone changes this edict, I will make sure I'll pull down his house and impale it. Wow, this is a very raw yasa But why? Because God is the one that is giving out the orders. Even the kings of the earth obey Him. What more if the children of God Refused to obey him. Do you know that the moment they obeyed him, the next thing kicks in? Remember, the first thing is that he breaks the power of the enemy, he breaks the chain of the opposition. The second thing is this he brings them now the promise. God had already said to Jeremiah, through Jeremiah the prophet, and even to Isaiah, God will definitely bring them back from captivity into their land. Now, the first group of people to obey was Zerubbabel and Yeshua. If indeed Joshua and Jerusalem did not obey, the second move of God cannot come. The second move was a revival of the Word of God, a repentance, a revival of repentance. And then, because there's repentance and there's a revival of the Word of God, people began to read the Word of God, people began to repent and saw that their sins were ruling their hearts. The next wave came in. The next wave was rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem, the walls of Jerusalem, the gates of Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, could it be that as you and I respond to go up into the mountain and begin to spend? Build the house of God. Listen to God. Begin to be refreshed by God. Could it be as we lay this foundation, now there will be a national-wide repentance and revival of the word of God as Ezra was able to do. And after that, the gates of our cities will be repaired. Only five people agree with me. Even though you have not seen it, I have seen it. If you have spent time with God, that is God's desire for Malaysia. Do you believe it? You can only believe these things if you spend time with God. But I believe it. If it's happened before, it can happen today. It is so amazing. Imagine if Zerubbabel did not obey. There can be no revival. Revival starts with repentance. The kind of repentance that happened in the book of Ezra is mm-hmm. loa biasa. biasa. Wait till we come to that. And because there was repentance, There was a breakthrough, a breakthrough in the spiritual realm. And that is what God is saying. God is wanting to bring tremendous breakthroughs in your life, in my life, and through us, a breakthrough in this nation. Now, because they obeyed, the next wonderful thing happened. The door to an eternal timeline. Now, why don't we just, uh, I know you can't see the words. Why don't we just repeat the first two things that obedience does. Number one, obedience breaks the power of the enemy. Come on, everybody say, obedience breaks the power of the enemy. Or to follow the song, obedience breaks the chains of the enemy over me. Come on, everybody say, obedience breaks the chains of the enemy over me. Second thing it does, obedience enables God to fulfill His promises and plans. Come on, everybody say. Obedience enables God to fulfill His promises and His plans. God has promises for us. He wants us to be the head, not the tail. The top, not the bottom. To lend to many, borrowing from none. But if you and I don't go to the mountain, don't seek the Lord, we will not be able to get out of debt because we don't have the strength to do it. We don't have the courage to do it. It's only when we spend time with God, that enabling comes to break free from debts. That's what's happening to so many people. We say we can't do it. Of course you can't do it. Because you cannot do it. But God can do it if you obey Him. God can do it if you obey Him. Amen? The third thing is so powerful. If you and I begin to obey God, we walk into an eternal timeline. The legacies He promised. Our obedience will affect generations after us. Do you know that? Wow. This is great. Our obedience affects generations after you. Yes. It will affect your daughter. But it only starts with you. If you choose never to seek the Lord, never to suka uh, suka tak datang, suka suka every excuse tak mau, never never know what God is saying. How on earth are you going to see your, gen, your, children, your children, your children, children, children prosper? It will never happen. Never happen. Much as God longs for it. Now let me show you what is so powerful about this. Look at Zerubbabel. Who is this guy, Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel is actually the grandson of this terrible king called Zerubbabel. <laughs> All these kings got terrible names on Zechariah. Zechaniah was so bad a king that God said to him, I remove from you the signet ring. Wow. I want to give you the good news. Because Zerubbabel obeyed, the very signet ring is a seal of authority that God removed from Zechariah, he gave back to Zerubbabel. Wait till we reach Haggai chapter 2. He gave back to Zerubbabel. And do you know something? It means that when you and I begin to pay attention to God, whatever God is saying, give careful thought and obey and respond to it, even if something wrong has happened years before us, we can change the course of history. And what happened is this. Look at what happened to him. So how many of you were here when, uh, when we preached the book of Matthew? Yeah. Let's go back to read. In fact, the introduction to the book of Matthew, our young Wainan preached an amazing, amazing sermon on the genealogy of Jesus. I don't know how anyone can preach on the genealogy of Jesus, but he preached on the most powerful messages. In the genealogy of Jesus, Zerubbabel is there. Remember, Zechariah has been totally dismissed by God. But look at it. So let's read Matthew chapter 1. just these few verses that are on the board. Ready? One, two, three, go. And the exiles in Babylon. Come on, read. One, two, three, go. And the exiles, Jeremiah. Everybody, everybody said, wow, wow, an eternal timeline. You know, brothers and sisters, there's a real need to respond when God speaks. Many of us do not understand that we're in so much bondage. One of the cries of God is that if you and I are not careful, even for those of us where we don't see bondage, do you know what I felt the Lord say? Do you know why I began to seek the Lord? very intensively last year. After I came back from Malam Pentecostal, the Lord began to alert me to uh, Luke chapter 11, which is a teaching on prayer. But in that was the story of the friend at midnight. A friend comes at midnight to this man and asks for three loaves of bread. He doesn't even have one loaf. So he's very desperate. He goes to his friend at midnight. But the friend says to him, the doors are locked. I can't come. But in the midst of that, in other words, I felt the Lord say to me, the world is in such a desperate stage. There'll be many coming to you and asking for three loaves of bread. You don't even have one. I know it is midnight. Midnight means midnight. Midnight is midnight. That means there's no more time left. Now, if you are bold, or if you if you want to do, get it right, if you want to be able to give some bread to your friends, people will cancel, all kinds of things. So people depressed, all kinds of things. God said to me, You go up into the mountain, you begin to ask, and not just ask once, keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. It's only as you do that, that the door that was closed will be open to you. And then God made me read the rest of Luke chapter 11. Never read only one verse. Never read only three verses. Read entire chapters, entire books. Because in that whole story, then God, Jesus goes on to talk about the man who has been been cleansed of demons. His demons is cast out of him. And he says, look at this. If this man has driven out the demons... And if you do not continue to occupy the territory, seven more evil will come back in. That is the scenario. It terrified me. The fear of the Lord seized me. And what was more frightening was time. It was already midnight. I, chose, I said to myself, there is no time left. Die, die. I'm going to obey the Lord, spend an extra hour at night to ask, To seek and to knock. And I've been doing that ever since. It's not easy. I'm telling you, my husband tells you it's really not easy. Some days I'm so tired, but I'll do it because it is midnight hour. Now I want to share with you a story. It's called The Fear of the Lord. At the beginning of this year, we decided to pray, and many of us decided to open the year by seeking the Lord. A very, very, very good friend of mine decided that she would pray with her partner, her her prayer partner. And they decided to fast on 1st of January 2020 and to also seek the Lord in that fast. She was ready, she fasted, and she went in. But her friend forgot. When the friend realized that she had forgotten and had forgotten to fast and forgotten to come to make that appointment, and when he realized it, He cried. My friend told me he cried and he cried and he cried and he cried as if someone had died. Why so intense? I also don't understand it. So I was wondering myself, why so big deal? Why so big deal? Because you know, if you cannot fast on first January, got second January, third January, fourth January, fifth January, sixth January, got December also. Ma, can choose any other day, ma. Then the Lord spoke to me when I speak. And I call you to come at a particular time, I set the time. And he said this, There will never be in the history of mankind another day called 1st January 2020. That, my friends, is a man or a woman, I can't remember if it was a man or a woman, who fears the Lord and takes God seriously. That's why I tremble. What man of house will you build me, the Lord asked. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What man of house can you build me? Where shall my resting place be? He who is broken and of a contrite heart and trembles at my word. Honestly, brothers and sisters, I don't know. There may come a time, even if you wanted to seek the Lord, is over. Because God is no man's debtor. That's why we need to have the wisdom of the fear of the Lord. Let's read this verse. One, two, three, go. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days and will give length to your life. If you want to become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. You know, God is really wonderful with us. He even began to teach us how to seek wisdom at our early morning prayer. Pastor Jeffrey released Psalm 34, and I believe Psalm 34, um, maybe he will preach more on it, but I just wanted, I like this verse, so let's read read it. What is the fear of the Lord? Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life, and desire to see many good days. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Take God seriously. That is the fear of the Lord. Brothers and sisters and church, even as we prepare to do church plans, can I have the worship team? God is wanting to make sure that we do not go off 0.001 even. God loves his house. He wants us to take him seriously because he knows the frailty of the human heart. He knows that we can be easily deceived. He knows that the devil wants to bind us. But today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Amen? Amen? So even as we close this meeting, God's really saying to us, take stock of your life. Begin to treat God seriously. This year, make it a point to read the Bible. Not just read, but to find out an area that you need to respond. I actually think that God gave Psalm 34 as we do church plans because of this one verse. Seek peace, not strife. Seek peace because if this church, as it grows and as it becomes it, there are many things the enemy will throw to us. Then before now, the enemy will have enslaved us to competition to complaints to I don't know what to distress that's why we need to stay focused and seek the Lord because only He can keep us on that plumb line and then the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former Amen
1: You know something is amazing not only the beginning of a new year a new decade but even as you step into a new era for the church after 25 years The Lord should ask us to take him very more much more seriously than before. To put him first and to take every word that is spoken to heart. Not because it's any different from previous years. But I want to believe that God wants to take this church to the next level. But it requires a definitive, authentic response from us. If not, it will be that's what I feel. That's what we feel. So can I encourage you? God is a good God. He's got no evil in Him. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 I know the plans I have for you. God knows. We don't know. He sees the end from the beginning. Plans not to harm you. So don't fear, God, if I do this for you, I'll be, I'll be short-changed. No. God says, no. Trust me. I know the plans I have for you and your family. Plans not to harm you, to prosper you. And the prosperity of God goes beyond material prosperity. It is soul prosperity, and to give you a hope
2: and a future.
1: Verse twelve:
2: You must seek me,
1: Jeremiah twenty-nine, verse twelve.
2: If you seek me, you'll find.
1: Let's seek the Lord this year. Take His word seriously. And as the song says, The fear of the Lord will now expel all other fears. The fear of the Lord, something stronger, greater, not seven demons, but the fear of the Lord will now drive away the fear of death. Fear of your future, fear of insufficiency, fear of sickness. The fear of the Lord will now drive away every other fears. Isn't it amazing? Hallelujah. Can't you spend a moment of quietness before God, every one of you, before you close with him? Let the word of God sink into your spirit, man. Take it seriously. Because God is a good God. He wants to bless, but He cannot unless we obey. That's all there is. He wants to bless one, but He cannot until we obey. And as we've seen just now in the book of Haggai and Ezra, once we obey, He gives us permission for God now to work into your life. Wow. And you become part of God's eternal
2: timeline.
1: Spend a moment of quietness before God before I call Pastor issue to say something in closing prayer. And then Bibi
0: says, Yes, Lord. You know, I do feel that some of you have been coming to church and you have not yet known this amazing God that knows the end from the beginning. And I feel you have never made a commitment to know Him. So I just want, while we are all eyes are closed, if today you want to say, Heavenly Father, I don't know you. I don't know you. I want to know you. I want to know Jesus. Why don't you put up your hands? Just put up your hands. We just give you some time. God wants to avert disaster from our lives. So if today you have never responded, though you have been here many times, but you have not known that this God is a real God. He knows the end from the beginning. And His name is Jesus. And He loves us. And you just respond. There's no more time left, my friends. When God has invited you to respond, and you don't, that time is gone. So, In other yeah.
1: words, you have not yet accepted Jesus Christ because it's our desire that every one of you who comes into this sanctuary, before you leave, your name is written in the book of life. So you have not yet responded. It's very important, more important than anything else, uh, that you accept the Lord Jesus Christ because you are here by divine appointment. Someone invited you, and somehow you came this morning. So you, have, thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much indeed. Thank you. I see another
0: hand there. Thank you, Father. Just anybody Father else. Lord. Thank you, Lord.
1: You have not yet accepted Jesus, Jesus Christ. Can you raise your hand high enough for high us enough. to see? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much. Anybody else?
0: Anybody else? Do I see a hand up there? Yes. Do not be afraid, my friend. Because that's when God wants to help you. He invites you to know Him. I also S-
1: someone will come to you.
0: Someone,
1: yeah. Husband and wife, I think, must be. No? Someone will come
0: Praise to God. you. Praise God. Father, we thank book. you, Lord. We thank you. You see disaster about to come. That's why you're inviting more and more people to come and know you so that they will have wisdom, they will have light, and they will have life. I also feel, and I want to honour the Lord, this morning, even as we worshipped, the Lord says many people are still in chains. There's no breakthrough in their lives. And God is saying, pray for those people because God is a good God. Encourage them to start coming to God and believing in Him, reading His Word and responding. So if you're one of those, the altars are open. We want to invite you to come out because you feel that there's no breakthrough in your life. There's no breakthrough and you're very frustrated. You feel like really the Word in chains has come to you. Just come out and we will pray for you. The pastors will pray for you. So if you are them, don't be shy. You know, when God is speaking and your life needs help, just there's no... No need to be shy Because if you're shy Then that's it It's gone It's gone I still remember There was a time when Someone The call Pastor Chu gave Was a healing of the heart disease Actually something like that And the person didn't come It was so sad Because later on It was very specific God is very specific when He calls He's very specific He wants to help And the person wasn't there But you know later on The person came to Him And asked for prayer so it's a very important thing. God don't speak carelessly. He speaks carefully. Amen. Because He knows many are in chains. So don't be afraid. Alright. So even as we, bring, we worship with uh, the second verse of the song, and just come forward. Amen. And then uh, the, the pastors and the leaders will pray for you. And then we will dismiss the rest. That you may be blessed by the presence of God. Amen. The angel of the Lord the altar is open
2: thunders, so If there's anything stayed that is
1: binding you You
2: feel that This
1: that year You want to surrender to the Lord That every chain will be broken Amen Because the Lord wants to set you free,
2: whether, you you free. Hunger,
1: whether it be your health Whether it be your sleep Whether it be your rest no Whether it be your work be Something is holding you back This day You come before the Lord Amen Let's claim all the goodness and the promises of God in I,
2: in Psalm 34. And the people
0: ministered deliver
2: me from my fears. Let us his name together. Praise God.
0: The angels. The angels if you're fearful at night when you sleep, you're fearful of even influenza A, come forward, come forward. God wants to deliver us from all fears.
2: we are fearful of influenza A, we are fearful of at night we cannot sleep. Leaders, can you help us pray? You are M leaders, please come out and help pray.
1: defining moment, alright we
2: sing his praises magnified alone
0: of us, let's stretch our hands to Jesus Lord Jesus, this year you call us to fix our eyes on Jesus not to fix our eyes on our problems, not to fix our eyes on other people, but to fix our eyes on Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith Father we want to seek you even more this year We want to draw close to you To drink from your living waters Father, there's an anointing This year To seek you There's an anointing this year, Lord To know you There's an anointing this year To obey you Father, I bless my brothers and sisters As they begin to even Spend at least Half a, one day One hour in that one week To seek you To read the Bible to pray as a family, to come to prayer. Father, I believe mighty things will happen. So Lord, send us home with the love of God our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the empowerment and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray you bless every one of my brothers and sisters this morning that they will go home knowing God loves them and God will journey with them. So I thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Just leave quietly, yeah, so that we can let ministry continue. And do come back next week. And uh, for those of you who are new to us, there's breakfast on the hospitality room. Do go there and enjoy it. Thank you so much for coming.